Thanks for listening to another message from Life Christian Church. We hope it challenges and encourages you and helps you to grow in your faith. Don't forget, download our app to stay up to date with what's going on at Life. Share your prayer requests or pray for others. Read the Bible online and much, much more. Simply search for Life Christian Church in your app store. Today, I'm going to begin just a two-part series this week and next week before we go on annual leave, which we're looking forward to. But I've called this message Intentional. Uh, So we'll begin to unpack this today. It is the start of a new year. It is 2020. And uh, it would seem that the uncertainty that's gripped our world for the last two years uh, is set to continue uh, into 2022. Uh, And let me give you some things uh, in a time of great uncertainty that you can be absolutely 100% certain of in 2022. Firstly, in 2022 the Bible will still have answers. Amen? In 2022, prayer will still work. In 2022, the Holy Spirit will still move. In 2022, God will still inhabit the praises of His people. In 2022, the Word of God will still be preached. In 2022, the praises of God will still be sung. In 2022, God will still pour out His blessings upon His people. In 2022, God will still carry our burdens if we let Him. In 2022, Jesus will still love you. In 2022, Jesus, through His church, will still save the lost. Can I hear an amen this morning? And I want to remind you of something that we actually unpack in our uh, Connect class. And it's based on Jesus' words in Matthew 16 and 18. And he says, The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. He says, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Some of us need to change the mental picture that we have when we read that verse. Because so often we think of that verse and we think of it wrongly. We think of it in terms of if, if hell just unleashed everything that it had against the church, that at the end of the day, by the skin of our teeth, a little bit battered and bruised, we would still somehow still be standing. That's the picture we have sometimes when we read that verse. I need to encourage you this morning, when we read that verse, we've got to understand the church is not on the back foot. The church is not on the back foot. When it says the gates of hell, gates are not offensive weapons, they're defensive. Two armies don't go into battle hitting each other with gates. Gates are defensive. And what this is saying as Jesus unpacks this, it would have been a very familiar analogy of the day because most of the the cities in Jesus' day Uh, were fortified cities. They were walled cities. The most vulnerable part of the wall is the gate. So if you could breach the gate, often that would lead to victory. And Jesus here is talking about the, the gates of hell, notwithstanding the church of Jesus. This is the church on the offensive attacking the front line of hell and the gates of hell being unable to resist the force of the church of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? This is about the church being on the front foot. And I love how the message translation puts it. It says, I will put together my church, a church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell 
will be able to keep it out. I love that. And again, I, I want to unpack in this message intentional. I want us to ask some pretty important questions. And here's the first one. Will you live 2022 with intentionality or will you just allow 2022 to happen to you? Will you just kind of allow 2022 to be a repeat of 2021 or a repeat of 2020? And let me say one of the huge frustrations of this global pandemic over the last two years has been the inability to be able to make long-term plans or even medium or short-term plans. And even when you do plan, you've got to kind of hold those plans lightly because everything just changes just like that. What happens then, because instinctively we love to be in control of our own lives and our own destiny, but what happens is when the world around us seems out of control, then we confine ourselves to a little bubble that we can control. And so we try to make life very routine, very predictable, and sadly, very, very small. Can I say this is not how God wants us to live? Number one, God does not want us to live in fear of the things that we can't control because He is in control. And, and, and secondly, He doesn't want us to live small, predictable lives. And my dream for every single one of you as your pastor is that in your lifetime, you would achieve something of significance for the kingdom of God. And I can say that because God's word tells us that it's actually God's plan for each one of us. Jesus said these words in John 15 and 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers and such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. To verse 16, he says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. You did not choose me. Listen to this. God chose you. And the reason He chose you is that you would be a fruit bearer. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And as a background to where we're going over the, these two weeks, I want to look at a great story uh, from Genesis 24. Uh, and from that, we're going to draw some principles that might encourage you in faith and encourage you to establish really godly goals as we look at 2022. The background for Genesis 24, and I think in my check-in during the week, I asked you to kind of read this for homework. I think I said that. I did. Good. Well, I hope you did. Uh, so if you're familiar with the story, Abraham... Uh, the father of the nation of Israel, God made many promises to Abraham and he said, from you uh, will come a son, that son, uh, and from that son will come a nation, that nation will bless the world. So Isaac was that promised son. There comes a point, if you're going to be the father of a nation, uh, you need a bride. 
And so there comes a point where Abraham says, it is time to find a suitable bride for my son Isaac. And so he calls one of his most trusted servants, a guy named Eliezer, and he gives him the task of going and finding an appropriate bride for his son Isaac. That's the task. And Eliezer goes out in faith following Abraham's instructions and he comes back with Rebekah. Now we must remember that these accounts in the Old Testament are what's called a foreshadowing of what's to come under the new covenant in the life of Jesus. And just as Abraham desires a bride for Isaac, you've got to get a hold of this, God desires to have an appropriate, a suitable bride for his son Jesus. And we discover under the new covenant in the New Testament that the church, that's you and I, we are called the bride of Christ. We are the body of Christ and we are the bride of Christ. So what is the desire of the father? It's to get a bride for his son. And Abraham is a picture of God the Father. Isaac is a picture of God the Son. Eleazar is a picture of God the Holy Spirit. What's the mission of God the Holy Spirit? It's the same as Eleazar's mission. And that is to seek and to prepare a bride. And friends, the Holy Spirit is working today. He is at work today calling and raising and preparing a bride for Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Revelation 19 and 7, Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Are we making ourselves ready? Are we allowing that whole, the Holy Spirit to do that work of preparing us, preparing a bride for His Son, Jesus? And just as God guided Eleazar in his mission and helped him to be successful, God wants to help us be successful, to succeed in being that bride, succeed in being the bride of Jesus. Eleazar was given a task and he became incredibly intentional about seeing that task accomplished. So let's look at how Eleazar accomplished the task. Genesis 24 and 1, Abraham was now old and well advanced in years and the Lord had blessed him in every way. He said to the chief servant in his household, the one in charge of all that he had, Put your hand under my thigh. I want you to swear by the Lord, the God of heaven, the God of earth, that you will not get a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among who I am living, but will go to my country and my own relatives and get a wife for my son Isaac. Abraham gives Eliezer a mission to complete. He gave him a task and Eliezer committed himself to that task. And this is key number one. In living with kingdom intentionality, we must commit ourselves to the task that God has set before us. Can I hear an amen this morning? And friends, we've got to have something in life that motivates us. We need to have something that drives us. We need to have something that brings focus to our lives. Eliezer was given a task. And, and I wonder if we can say that we have a cause 
that just inspires us when we wake up of a day? Is there something that drives us, something that fires us up? Do you know why you are here on this earth? Or are you, as many people seem to be, just kind of bumping through from one day to the next day, from one week to the next week, with no specific goal or agenda or purpose, no intentionality? Or do you have a goal? Do you know why God has placed you on the face of this planet? Do you have you know, that Holy Spirit's fire burning within you, a burning passion? And I'm not talking about vague dreams. I, I meet way, way too many people who talk about these dreams in the vaguest of terms, saying, God has put a dream in my heart. God's put a dream in my heart. You meet that same person five years later, they're still talking about the dream that God has placed in their heart. And we've got to be so careful of these vague dreams. There comes a point where you've got to take action to see a dream, to see something come to, come to pass. If God's placed something in your heart, you've got to take steps of obedience and faith to see that come to pass. Because the sad thing is, if we just sit in the sidelines and do nothing, that dream will never be fulfilled. And sadly, you can probably still meet a lot of people, a lot of Christians, who in the later years of their life are still dreaming. All of us should have some kind of goals for our life. We are created to live intentionally. Now, some people say, well, I've never had a specific dream from God. I've never been given a specific vision. I've never had the sense of God calling me to a particular avenue of service. And I know that's the case for a lot of people. Well, if that is you, my advice is, number one, don't allow that to be a reason for doing nothing. And number two, if that is you, you're actually in the right place. What do I mean by that? I actually read something powerful uh, in, or discovered something powerful in the story of uh, Moses and Aaron uh, that just so captured my heart. And it's really interesting. Many of us perhaps would be familiar with the story of Moses. So the nation of Israel finds itself uh, for centuries Uh, living as slaves in Egypt. And God says, it's time for my people to be set free. He needs somebody for the task. And he calls to Moses. And you may recall uh, that occasion on Mount Horeb where God speaks to Moses through a burning bush. And it's a long dialogue he has directly with God. God calls Moses But God also in that encounter commissions Moses. That means he gave Moses very specific detail about what he must do. And as you read the story, Moses offers all kinds of excuses. uh, And God gets a little bit frustrated with him, but perseveres. And I find it really interesting. A lot of people, a lot of Christians seem to make a burning bush encounter a condition of stepping out and serving God. It's like, well, I don't have a vision from God, so I'm just going to wait until God speaks to my heart. And can I say that's an absolute mistake? Because there is something so awesome that you see in this story that I think will be a challenge and perhaps an an encouragement to us today. (laughs) Because as Moses offers all kinds of excuses to God as to why he's not the guy to, to fit the bill, to be the one leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt to the promised land. One of the things that he points out to God, he says, well, I'm, I'm not a man eloquent of speech. 
And God says, okay, what about Aaron? Aaron will be your offsider. Aaron will be your mouthpiece. And when Aaron speaks, it will be as though he is speaking your words. And so God gives to Moses an offsider, Aaron. God then speaks to Aaron. And here's what he says in uh, Exodus 4 and 27. Now, Jehovah said to Aaron, go into the wilderness to meet Moses. There's the call. Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. So Aaron traveled to Mount Horeb, the mountain of God, and met Moses there. They greeted each other warmly. Moses told Aaron what God had said they must do and what they were to say and told him about the miracles they must do before Pharaoh. You need to get a hold of this today. God called Moses. God called Aaron. God told Moses exactly what he must do. He gave to Moses his commission, but God didn't tell Aaron what Aaron must do. God called Aaron, but Aaron didn't receive his commission from God. Aaron received his commission from Moses. And that's why you're in the right place today. This is the one of the beautiful things about church. We get to do life with other Christians. We get to do life with other people who often see our gifts and our talents and our abilities before we even recognize them in ourselves. This year, our church will turn 18 years old. That blows my mind. And I couldn't count the number of times in that 18-year period where a particular avenue of ministry or service or a particular role needed filling. And as I pray, God puts somebody on my heart and then I go and have that discussion with them. Now, two things generally happen. First of all, as the discussion unfolds, it becomes really obvious that God had already had their hand on them and preparing their heart and it immediately resonates. Perhaps more common is a sense of, who, me? No, no way in the world. And yet in faith, as they take it before God and as they step out in obedience and begin to serve, it just becomes an incredibly obvious fit. And, and I love this. I, I love this about the church. And uh, I want to show you a couple of recent examples. Let's flick to the video. Thanks, Beth. So, Stuart, uh, Easy Peas, uh, it's a, a great ministry of Devonport Chaplaincy where they have uh, specific cars that are set aside for people who can drive but don't yet have their licence and need to get their hours up. Uh, and so it's just a great ministry to people who don't have access to a car or a driver. Uh, we're trained mentors, yes. just spend time in a car driving around. And I just think what a great opportunity, uh, particularly given that it's working a lot with uh, people like single mums, um, uh, young people wanting to enter the workforce but can't get a, you know, don't have access to a yeah. car. So meeting a great need but also a great ministry opportunity. So when the opportunity came for us mid-year last year to uh, have two cars based here in Alberston, I thought it was a great opportunity for a church. Uh, we did a fundraiser. I think we raised about $10,000, which was a fantastic target awesome that went towards uh, the purchase of those vehicles. They are government, government subsidised. Uh, it's been a long process in the cars getting here, and they're actually going to be fitted out because they're all electronically fitted out to record hours and key, keyless entry and all that sort of stuff. Yes which we don't need to go on the technical <laughs> stuff. But here's the thing. When, when we had that opportunity, I thought it is a great opportunity, 
but I'm not going to do it. I don't need another thing on my plate. And I thought, but, but it needs somebody who will take that responsibility seriously and recognising that once we have the cars and uh, I believe they're ready to go for 2022, so that's really, really exciting. Uh, but it's going to take a fair bit of coordination and just somebody who can uh, manage that ministry really, really well. So I began praying about that. And uh, I know you come to our Tuesday morning men's gathering and I, I just, I looked at you one morning, I thought, Stuart, it's Stuart. And, and I just prayed about that and it, it kind of, it didn't go away. So I think it was the next Tuesday, I think, um, I just I just sort of tapped you on the shoulder and said, Stuart, I, I need somebody who's going to be able to uh, manage these easy keys cars when they come. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you pick up the story as far as the response. I, I know yes. you've shared that with me, but uh, I thought that was, it's just been really cool to see how God has worked yeah. in that. Well, going back to May, I took long service leave from my job at the council. Mm-hmm. Two months in, I've got, I can't go back. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't go back. God sorted out. Yeah. Um, so 19th of July, I finished with council. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day after it was announced at the council meeting that I had retired, which is not really the case, but anyway, um, I got a call from a councillor offering me some uh, work with productivity improvers. Yep. Thought, yep, that's a bit of paid work. Now I can do some free to do some voluntary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, did some work for Cathy Cotton over at the gardens at New Mornings. Mm-hmm. I then was approached by Bronwyn Waterhouse for doing some mentoring for uh, primary or high school kids, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. That yep. was always had passion there. And then, yeah, that was getting there, but I still needed a bit more. Yep. And you tapped me on the shoulder and said, how about the cars? Well, cars, I've always played with cars. Mm-hmm. Probably know enough to get it into trouble, but <laughs> <laughs> um, played with them. Love teaching the kids to drive. I yeah. said to Prue on a couple of occasions, I could do this as a job. Um, now, can I say that's rare in itself that you love teaching the <laughs> kids to drive? I mean, that's yeah, I've got a death wish, I think. <laughs> but um, then this came up for coordinating that, and I thought, well, it's a really, really good fit. Yes, God, yeah, I'll that's do awesome. It. And did, was it was a real sense of. I mean, I don't know how much you prayed about it or thought about yeah. it, but there was a real sense of, God, this is the fit that I've been looking for. Yes, it, it's just, I think we've discussed before, sometimes there's the lightning bolt thing, do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which has never really happened for me ever. Yeah. But it's that sense of someone coming along and saying, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you've got this, you pray about this, you've got this real peace and that's, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's so good, Stuart. So what would your encouragement be to somebody who maybe is just uh, looking for avenues and opportunities? If somebody taps them on the shoulder, uh, what would your encouragement be? Definitely pray about it, but does it fit who you are? Yeah, that's very good. Very um, good. It's like if you asked me to, oh, what would you say, childcare. Yeah, I'd like kids, but not enough to be uh, in childcare stuff. But this is just a great fit. So good. And I think God doesn't ask you to be somewhere that you go, I absolutely hate this. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's so good. Well, Stuart, thank you very much, and look forward to Easy Peas coming on board. Uh, that'll be happening very, very soon. So look out for that because there will be great opportunity to get involved too. So, and I'll be tapping people on the shoulder saying, I need mentors. There you go. That's so good. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you. So, Rona, as you know, we've had a chaplaincy presence at East Olverston Primary School uh, for about three years, I think that is, in total. Uh, it started with Brad Carter, yep. um, one of our guys, and uh, then Brad moved on to other things yeah. uh, with rural health and, and the like. Um, and that position obviously became vacant. Yeah. Now, at that point, I just really started praying and saying, God, we've got to fill this role, we've got to fill this role. And as I was just sort of pondering in my heart and, and just waiting on God to uh, to know who that replacement was going to be, increasingly... Uh, your name just kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back. And I believe it was when you guys uh, arrived to collect some muffins from one of our yeah, muffins right. from Mission Sundays that I actually dropped that seed and they said, Rona, this position is there. What do you think about filling that position? Yeah. So, I mean, how did you receive that, first of all? Well, it's funny because the, the year before that we spent in England, mm. I'd said to Michael, look, I've been wanting to be in some sort of ministry for such a long time mm. um, and and I feel like I'm not moving towards it and I'm frustrated. Mm. Mm. And um, so um, so we'd had a bit of a, a, I don't know what you'd call it, but uh, sort of a heated discussion <laughs> about that um, in the UK and, and there's just that thing of going, well, this is in my heart but I'm, you know, trusting, I've got yeah, to trust, sure. and that's what you've got to do. So when you brought it up, it was almost like that was an answer wow, to cool. what I had been talking about with God and mm. probably talking about with Michael too. Sure. Yeah. So obviously I think I came in and saw you guys and said, where's it landed? I, I, I can't remember exactly yeah, when that was. I but, can't either. <laughs> yeah. But what was, what was the process? So from having that... Uh, put to you, something resonates yeah. in your heart, uh, at what point did God really say, yes, Rona, this is it? Well, um, that, that initial response, my initial response to you, I remember, was this would be great for Michael sure. because of his yeah. background in teaching yeah. and because he's done counselling. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and we talked about it and I remember we talked about it on the phone and there was just that process of are you sure? I said to you, are you sure? That is it, you know, are you just asking a lot of people or are you asking me? Yeah. Um, is God telling you? Because I could see that that was a big, not only was it big shoes to fill, but it was um, it was something that was way out of my comfort zone. Yeah. As a nurse, I do a lot of work with elderly people. Sure. Yeah. You know, I've got some young kids, but it's not where my experience is. Yeah. And so it was only if it was... God, that I was going to yeah, cool, take cool. it. Yeah, but it did feel like an answer to that question that I've been asking for a long time. Wow, that's cool. So have you seen in the past 12 and a bit months, have you seen some real God moments that cause you to know that you know God has planted me here? Yeah, I would say so. It doesn't look the way that I would expect it to look necessarily. Mm. Um, but definitely, like, 
Michael stands outside the front of the school every morning and says yeah. good morning. Yes. Yeah. And some kids ignore him and some kids will respond and some kids will say, hey, Michael, you know, yeah, yeah. tell them all about what's happened. And, and um, he was absent because we went to the Christmas function at Devonport Chaplaincy. Yes. And I work a lot with launching into learning. You know, the kids who are starting yes. school. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I, we had a few testimonies from mums who said, you know, the kids said, I didn't see Michael this morning. I feel really sad because I didn't see Michael, oh, you know, so saying good, good morning. Yeah. And, and just that, you know, connection. And yeah. so, so do you have a strong sense of when you go there, we're being Jesus in that environment? Is that is that kind of how it feels? It's. I think it's more like we're carrying God in yeah, or we're taking so the Holy good. Spirit in. Yeah, so That's, good. Yeah. So good. And, and finally, uh, Rana, you, um, encouragement to people who are kind of thinking, well, I, I don't know what God has for me if, if God taps them on the shoulder or if somebody else taps them on the shoulder, what would your encouragement be? I would encourage them to trust God because yeah. he is trustworthy and it doesn't, you know, sometimes it can take a number of years, mm. but he will come through and he ha- He knows the passions of your heart. So good. Yeah. So good. Rona, thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so good. I love what Rona said, you know. Yeah, give a round of applause. I love what Rona said, you know, whenever an opportunity comes, we just trust God. We trust God and we step out in faith. I love that about our church, but I love it about the church in general. This is a place where we're encouraged. This is a place where we spur one another on toward love and good deeds, as God's Word tells us to do. And I love the fact that even that resonates with Eleazar's mission because it was Abraham who gave him, he tasked him with the mission as well. Um, as you read, and if you haven't done uh, this week, I, I trust that you'll uh, do it before next week. Just become familiar with the story because we're, we're, we're almost done this morning and we've only kind of looked at one particular uh, aspect of this. But um, just for homework, just read uh, Genesis 24. 24. Uh, because as you do read the whole of that chapter, you see Eliezer tasked with this responsibility Uh, and he took it so seriously he was so intentional about following this through he dedicated himself to the task but really importantly uh, he looked to God and he continually reached out in faith to the God of Abraham uh, and realized that it was under God's strength and through God's power that he would succeed in that task Genesis 24 and 12 then he prayed Eliezer O Lord, God of my master Abraham, give me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. And as the team comes back and as we wrap this up, as I said, we've only just touched on the first point today. Um, But the first point is Eliezer committed himself to the task of finding a bride. And again, we've got to uh, transpose that imagery onto who we are as the church, as God's people. And again, I ask you, do you have in your heart God-birthed goals? Do you have things in your life that God has called you to that can only be accomplished in and through faith and trust in Him, that, that only God can do this? Or are we just kind of bumping our way through life week after week after week and it's all beginning to feel a bit like Groundhog Day? And there are so many 
competing distractions in this world. There are so many things that threaten to lure us away from the primary calling that is upon our lives. And friends, God has placed you on this planet to be a source of God's love, God's hope, God's healing, God's salvation for someone else. That's the calling. And to be obedient to God, to to make a priority of seeking His purpose and His kingdom should be our primary responsibility in life. Because in this life, people can be rich. They can have power and influence. They can have everything their heart desires and actually still not be successful from God's point of view. And I I often use this definition of failure, that failure is being successful in the things that do not matter. Failure is being successful in the things that do not matter. The Apostle Paul writes in Philippians 3 and 13, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Do you have something burning in your heart? Do you have a God-given task that causes you to say, this one thing I do. This is the reason for everything else in my life. This is the reason that I get up in the morning. Do you have something that drives you to pray like Eliezer? God, grant me success in this task. And most importantly, and perhaps most soberingly, are the things that you are living for worth Jesus dying for? That is a sobering question. Are the things that you are living for worth Jesus dying for? Well, we're going to pick up Eliezer's story next week and discover some more keys that saw Eliezer successful in completing the task. And again, I encourage you this week, read Genesis chapter 24 so you've got a thorough background. Just read it a couple of times. Uh, Just familiar with the story and we'll dig into that more next week. Let me pray. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, that you are so intentional. God, we're not here by accident. That speaks of your intentionality. That speaks of your design for creation and for humanity. And I pray for each one of us as we draw close to you that we would discover there's reasons that you've wired me the way that you have. There's reasons why I have certain desires and certain passions that I take interest in certain things. God, it is the way that you've wired us, but you've wired us not just for self-fulfillment. You've wired us to be the body of Christ and the bride of Christ. You've wired us to be that source of God's love, source of God's hope and healing and salvation to others. And I pray that in 2022, we can begin this year by saying, God, I want to be intentional about living well for you. I want my life to make a difference in the life of somebody else. And Father, I commit myself to you. I commit myself to the task and I commit myself to fellowship, which is often where I find what that task, what that commission is. And I pray that each one of us this year uh, would be about our Father's business, that the things that we're living for certainly are worth Jesus dying for. So God, continue to grow this Word in our hearts this week as we leave this place this morning. May we live our lives on mission, live our lives so intentionally in uncertain times. In Jesus' name.